everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and this is the Red, White, and Rude podcast, and I am here with my country co-host, Sean King. Sean, it's not really fair to say country co-host, but but now that you move, that's what I think of you, especially with that hunter's look. What's up with the hunter's look? Is that something that you, because you're a California guy, is that something you grew up with, always liked the comfort? Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that, brother. Yeah. The country boy stuff? You think I look like I'm starting to adapt the country boy look? It must be. Yeah, you, you got the hat, you got the T-shirt, you got the flag. And you know what's funny? When I did the North Carolina, that's where we moved from Panama to North Carolina. We always stereotyped the country guy as his white guy with a truck. Man, there were a lot of black country guys I knew there in North Carolina that hung out with uh, the uh, 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 white guys, and they had the same thing. Their trucks and Sean, uh, uh, we're probably closer to age than, uh, 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 well, at least ten years apart, I would imagine. But oh, you lived in California, in the country, in the South, at least. When I was a kid, we moved to North Carolina. You would still see the trucks with the gun racks on the back, and they'd go into class with the gun racks out. Now. Eventually, you see some of them put them into the trucks and all that, but that's how wide open it was. And that country look and country mentality, it's not culturally, uh, 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 even though it's been put only on whites, it really, I see country Latinos, country blacks, you know, in the same getup. It's a stereotype made of Hollywood, you know, and, and, and good and bad or for better or for worse. But regardless, we got a good show. We have an end of the year show today, my friends. We are going to talk. Barbenheimer is, is, is the, the Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, movie. We're going to talk about YouTube pranks, which I feel is just the new term for Darwinism. You know, the Darwin Awards every year is dumb as death. <laughs> and we're going to do some quick hits. And I believe the SAG after strike is another topic we have on hand. So we don't have a lot of time to waste, Sean. It's a full show. As you know, we can go deep into these. Uh, but real quick, how was your holidays? How was your Christmas? Did Santa bring you what you want? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I wanted a white Christmas again, but I didn't get it yet. So maybe hopefully here in the new year, I will get some snow. I, it's nice to have snow when you don't have to drive in it. And since I don't really have to be at a nine to five job anymore, it's great. I, I want the white Christmas. I want the, I want the seasons, all the stuff I didn't have for, you know, 40 plus years in California. You know, I get that. I get that. And I hope tennis, oops, I hope where you're at isn't like where I'm at, North Carolina. Uh, 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 because there we don't get white snow. We get ice snow. It, 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 it's like when it snows, it's usually with rain or a sheet of ice and uh, they cancel everything. I think I've mentioned that to you. So I imagine you, your, your kids will be staying home more than they ever have it, this winter compared to other winters. Oh, well, they love it. Uh, yeah, the ice is what gets the school canceled because of the roads. Uh, so they're already looking forward to their Christmas vacation ends uh, next week. And there's a prediction for ice or snow Thursday or Friday when they're supposed to go back. So they're already rooting for a extra couple days off. There you go. Uh, hey, real quick. Uh... Silly question because I've known your kids so long. Are they still in the Santa Claus phase? But I should they outgrew that years ago. Yeah, they're they're too old for that now. They but they yeah, still like yeah. the presents. Yeah, who doesn't? Even adults do. Well, let's get down to it. Our first topic are YouTube pranks, as in, and as I said, I view them as today's Darwin Award nominees. Uh, but Sean's got a couple of great tales here to tell us uh, some of the uh, pranks that. Did not go exactly as planned. So talk to me, Sean. Well, there's two, but I'm mainly going to focus on one. I'm sure everybody's seen it online. Uh, the kids in the shopping mall uh, harassing what is a, a food delivery driver who's picking up food at the mall to go deliver it. And he's got this phone and he's putting it right next to this kid's ear. And he's and I, I can't understand what it's really saying, but it's supposed to be something uh, rude. And this delivery driver keeps trying to walk away. And the guy's following him, putting the phone phone to his ear while uh, another second person's following the uh, prankster, too. And the guy keeps telling him to back away, back away. He doesn't. Boom. Pulls a gun. <laughs> shoots him. And uh, this took place in Virginia. Um, so he got shot in the shopping mall. And so 
They put him on trial for um, the shooting, but he was found not guilty. They put him on trial for aggravated malicious wounding in the shooting. So it was uh, Tanner Cook got shot. He runs the Classified Goons channel on YouTube, which I looked up has about 62,000 followers. Um, Good. So Alan Coley, I think I pronounced his name right. Um, He's the one that shot him. Uh, He got not guilty on the aggravated uh, malicious wounding, but he, he he did get convicted, I guess, for a charge of unlawfully discharging a weapon inside of a building. He ended up uh, being in jail for eight months for that. Yeah, and, they don't care. And, if you own a gun, they, they, they want to take you out. I mean, you could be the most innocent person, but if it's you with a gun, they want to throw your ass in jail. The worst part, I mean, he had a CCW permit, so I don't know exactly what the laws are in Virginia that you usually you can carry in a mall, like unless there's signs or whatever. So maybe that's why he got dung, dinged for it. But he had a concealed carry permit, and now that he got convicted of this charge, he's going to lose that CCW, and he can no longer possess firearms or ammunition. So he got, in my opinion, a little hosed on this. You know, he, he, he They nailed him on a little lesser offense, just enough to take away his Second Amendment rights. Um, they interviewed Tanner Cook and his mom after this whole trial thing, and you know, his mom pretty much said, you know, we trust the jury's decision and I'm just happy my son's alive. And they asked Tanner Cook if he was going to keep run, keep making videos. And he said, probably. So getting shot didn't teach him a lesson. And I looked up and he did make a prank video just two weeks ago. So apparently harassing people to get views on YouTube and getting shot, the uh, allure of getting likes is more more important to him than his safety. <laughs> you know, Sean, one of these pranksters is going to get shot and killed, and uh, this is what's going to happen throughout America. Nobody likes these people. Nobody cares for them. The only time you see love for them is from a stupid parent who raised a belligerent, bad child. And uh, I'm not going to say I look forward to it, because I don't, but I expect it to come. We are starting to have the walls collide. And... Uh, you saw BLM and Antifa. It's like, how could they get away with it? Or, or, or why the guy got roughed up and sent eight months in jail? It's because they're after conservatives. It's because they're after patriot, patriotic people. If it's a blue prosecutor, they're going after you. You know, at the end of the day, look at BLM and Antifa. They were pretty much licensed to destroy billions of proper, uh, uh, dollars in property damage and legally murder. Because there are murders out there that happen that still aren't solved. There are murders out there that happen and the media poo-pooed it, fires, destruction. And that mentality has is, is a product of this current generation that we're on, good or bad. I'm not gonna sit there and say, ah, oh, this new generation. I don't look at it like that. I look at it world events, cultural events, things that happen and what this generations are born into. But that's, this prank crap, that's a product of the the every kid got a participation trophy. Ergo, you're not the bad person. You're not a loser. You're not this. You're not that. You're all winners. You never told no. And so, I mean, trust the courts. That dumb, I can't sit there and say the word. I really want to call that family. But somebody's going to die. It's Mark, and, and may not, and it's not going to start in this country. They never do. Uh, there was a violent incident in Japan. The guy got sent to jail. He, he may still be in jail for all I know. As Americans have this stupid belief of looking at how we work and how we do laws, and or rather how our laws work and how democracy is, and think they can do that in other countries. So I think this will probably happen in a different country, but will eventually come to this. I mean, doesn't that bother you? Some of the stuff, it's not the prank. It's how they view their fellow human beings and how derogatory they are towards them is what burns me up. It's like when something bad happens to them, I'll be honest, I have no qualms to say that publicly because they're bad people doing bad things to get attention and to make money off of somebody else's, uh, 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 what's the word there, Sean? Somebody else's uh, bad things happening to them, you know, being the person the prank is played on. I mean, am I, uh, I'm not right. I, I know what everything I said is not what the good human being should think, 
But how I feel is what I think America feels. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not America, but just the average human being, regardless of country. Uh, do you see my thought process as that's what's starting to happen, or am I just way off? Well, I think they always say the pendulum's got to swing back. And, you know, too, for too long, people have been getting away with doing stupid crap to other people. And then as soon as they're about to get their butt kicked, they go, no, it's a prank. It's a prank. Look, there's the camera. There's the camera. I mean, there was another video I didn't, I, you know, we aren't going to get in depth on, but there was a, I think it's an Asian kid uses like a, almost like a long circular object. Uh, you know, I, I can almost say like a long toilet paper roll is the only way I could describe <laughs> yeah. it. A really long and, and uses it as a microphone to come yell in some guy's older guy's ear at a look like a Home Depot. And this is a big dude, you know. Yeah, he was maybe in his 40s or 50s. But, you know, he comes up from behind, yells in the guy's ear, and the guy grabs him and slams him to the ground and gets on top of him and is about to uh, rear naked choke him from behind. And, you know, and it's like, hey, no, 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 it's a prank, it's a prank. And it's like, do, do these people, th do you want someone coming up from behind and yelling in your ear? My first reaction would probably be to turn and just throw a punch that direction. Exactly. I so, can see you doing that, too. Actually, I can see you turning around and just slapping him with an open hand like that wrestler did to John Stossel. I can really picture you doing that. <laughs> well, the older I get, the grumpier I'm going to get. I'm going to be that guy. You know, I can understand that the old guy's just there chilling. And I say old. He's over 40. So older guy. He's just chilling at Home Depot and some, you know, teenage clown yells in his ear. Um, you know, it's. I looked at the page for this YouTuber and he did the same thing to somebody else on the street. And the guy took it out of his hand and started smacking him upside his head with the thing that he yelled with. And I'm yeah, like, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It's not going to be a guy taking that out of his hand. It's going to be a guy drawing a knife or a gun and just getting so angry. Boom. You know, it's a, and what makes it worse, Sean, is the people who have enough and fight back. They're technically the ones that are going to be found in the wrong legally because these pranksters do, some of them do understand the law and how far they can push their prank. There's actually some smart pranksters out there that figure that stuff out. And it's catch 22. You know, all this crap reminds me of a silly movie I saw where the husband's wife or home was being invaded and he kills the guy, but the guy makes it out of the front yard and, and he shoots him as, as he's turning around to shoot him with a gun and he goes to jail. That's the type of society we live in, and that's why all these pranksters can survive. You know, I guarantee you they do this in a different country, but I guarantee you uh, they do this in Singapore. They're not going to get the uh, uh, desired result, and I would not be shocked because, you know, those industries, and that's, a, that's the pranksters uh, industry where I'm sure some of them know one another. I am pretty sure if you pulled out a world map, there'll be a big X over Singapore. Do not go here. <laughs> you know, or you're going to get a, a lashed. Yeah. So what was the outcome for the individual in uh, Home Depot that uh, uh, took the guy out? Uh, I don't think any charges or anything was filed on that. It's just a video that was circulating. He just took him to the ground and then the guy who's filming the uh, you know, the buffoon doing the trick is like, hey, 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 you know, it was pretty funny watching uh, three people on the aisle just sort of stand back and, and sort of look and smile like, yeah, that punk had it coming. Like none of them intervened to like stop the beating. Like they, they seem to be of the opinion of uh, he deserved that. So let let, 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 let let him take his beating. You know, Maybe it'll knock some sense in this. It won't, but we all are. Like I said, the only ones who will jump up to defend him are his parents and and, and that leftist uh, anti-soccer mom who wants to make a name for herself defending the uh, – uh, well, really, I don't see anybody defending them outside their parents. Any other stories there of note? Uh, YouTube pranks gone south? we got a couple of minutes still on this topic. Pardon me? Any other pranks you ran across that went south? Uh, we got a couple of minutes left here uh, that you want to share with the, with, uh, with the audience? Now, most of, I mean, most of them are more harmless ones. You know, I've watched, uh, uh, I forget his name, but he, he may, he has a little thing. He makes a fake fart sound. And, um, and he did one next to a woman in like a scooter at a Walmart. And so he walks by and he does the little, he calls it, I think it's a pooter. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. You can look it up. I think it's called a pooter. You can buy one yourself and go do your own prank videos, but he did it by, a woman on a scooter at the Walmart. 
And her husband got pissed off and said, you just farted in my wife's face and started punching him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, luckily, you know, he was, now he was definitely older. He was probably in his 60s or 70s. So he luckily he couldn't punch that hard. But, you know, the guy's going, hey, it's just a joke. I didn't fart. It's just this thing. You know, it just makes the sound. But uh, it was definitely uh, an interesting thing to, to watch and see that even a little thing like that, most people in those videos laughed when he walked by and he does his little fart sound because they're like, oh, disgusting, you know, what a jackass. But this guy was like, you just farted in my wife's face and, and punched him and was going after yeah. him. Yeah. So. You know, you know the, those, the minor pranks like that don't bother me. There's, there's, to me, it's like, dude, grow up. It's the ones, like you said, with the megaphone in the guy's ear. I don't care if it's a, a, a whatever. I mean, there's certain pranks that people don't realize can create damage and 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 those are the ones i do expect uh in 2024 we're going to see somebody in a hospital for one of these and we may not read about it until later because it's somewhere else but uh you don't see them doing this in uh well okay well it might be me and then you'll need a new co you'll need a new co-host to talk about the prank gone wrong while i'm uh on trial <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Give me one second here. I am going to. Uh, uh, it looks like I'm all blurry. And I am back. Still blurry, but whatever. All right. That's that's it for the YouTube pranks. But just be aware there are ramifications if you want to be a dumbass out there. And those ramifications, I think, are ramping up because that's human nature and that's society in terms of uh, how we. Uh, uh, eventually things escalate, you know, but let's move on here. Let me grab my notes here and uh, moving on then from YouTube pranks to another major event this year. And it was a major event because when this happened, Sean, and Hollywood was before and still is since the pandemic, they're dying. They can't, they can't buy a blockbuster hit. And then Barbie and Oppenheimer, uh, were big releases that had been pushed back because of the pandemic. Uh, there's a little history here. Uh, well, first of all, Barbie and, and, and Oppenheimer are two movies that could be no more alike, but that kind of saved uh, Hollywood and, and their reputation. And obviously uh, Universal and, and Warner Brothers, uh, uh, because Warner Brothers especially is bomb at the bomb. Uh, they came out on July 21st. Uh, Barbie, obviously, it's a fantasy movie with the doll, and its base is worldwide uh, with girls growing up with Barbie. And in Oppenheimer, uh, Christopher Nolan, a well-respected uh, 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 director, he did that one movie with uh, 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 the blonde-haired guy, hardcore leftist, I don't like it, Ben Affleck's buddy, with Matt Damon. And I can't remember the name of it, but Inception. And that was a big hit. Uh, so, so he's a, he's he's a grand storyteller. Uh, these Didn't this do Batman is he the is he the Nolan but, that did Batman? I I want to say yes, but I was not a Batman. I I wasn't a fan. That was of one Batman. of the better. That was one of the better Batmans. I can't believe you didn't see that one. No, no, the only one I cared for was the first one. The other ones I tolerate. I tolerate that one. But come on, I mean, by the third Batman movie, this is all you heard. No, I mean, this when is... he was talking in that in that deep uh, computer voice, you could barely hear him and understand him. And I thought the whole football scene—I just thought it was a silly. Bane wasn't realistic. It just—I thought it was a big blockbuster hit just because it was Batman. And most—I mean, the last Batman movie made 750 million worldwide. So Batman's just an icon. But yes, I believe it's that. But so. They, they nicknamed this Barbenheimer. Uh, there were memes about it. Those memes turned into merchandise. They turned into uh, a memorabilia, you know, because nobody had to trademark anything. So so people were starting little startups up, you know, shirt companies selling Barbenheimer and things of that, of, of that nature. Uh, publications called it a cultural phenomenon and the movie event of the year. For those that don't know, Barbie, uh, Margot Robbie played Barbie. Never heard of her. Don't care. Uh, Ryan Gosling played. What Ken. the hell? You don't know who she is? She's not hot <laughs> to me. You know, it's like she's a skinny woman. You know, Ken is Ryan Gosling, and I'm like, guy's got a leading man's body. 
but I've seen better looking leading man faces. So, but that's today's generation. Uh, 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 Oppenheimer had Cillian Murphy, uh, uh, who played J. Robert Oppenheimer. And uh, uh, the only thing I knew him from was from 28 Days Later. That was 20 years ago. So, uh, 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 and I'm sorry, Hollywood, it's like these women, they come and go. I don't mean that in a negative light. It's just the Sofia Vergara's, the Golden Hans, the Barbara Streisands, I'm trying to think bigger names uh, that can transcend generational or the Jennifer Aniston, but she's more for friends. So there's, the female actors tend to come and go more. And Margot Robbie's probably somebody I've seen in movies but I don't watch oh. rom-coms and things like that, you know, so odds are uh, I haven't, you know. Uh, anyway, what is it about Margot Robbie that you know her from? Because I, I have, maybe I've seen the movie you're thinking of. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of some of the movies she did. She in Neighbors? I'm trying to think here. I saw Neighbors. I saw Neighbors with, uh, with uh But I'm not uh, sure uh, on that. I'm going to have to double check on that, see what... Wasn't she in the Suicide uh, Suicide uh, Squad or? I did. You know, that's one of the few superhero movies I haven't seen. You know, uh, and you know what? Maybe I I did so much research. Yeah, isn't she the one that this. was? She's the one that everybody dresses up at for uh, Halloween. Uh, what? I don't know what the character's name in Suicide. <sighs> Man, I can't you know, believe it's. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Harley Quinn. Harley. She was a Harley Quinn. Yes, and, uh, yes, she was. She was. And that's where everybody Street. started knowing her. Gotcha. Everybody dressed Legend up as Tarzan. her. Sue, yeah, suicide. Yeah, yeah. See, so, uh, but again, you know, can you tell me every uh, hot chick in every superhero flick? I can't anymore. There's so many of them. Yeah. Uh, Brie Larson. I don't. I don't consider her hot. But the only reason I remember that name is because we talked about the Marvels and how much it bombed. Anyway, so so let's get back to 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 uh, uh, Barbenheimer. So this was a cultural event because everything was bombing, and uh, uh, the reason it was released on the same day is uh, when the pandemic hit. Sean, uh, 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 Warner Brothers said all their big blockbusters for like two years that have been shelved were going to go to streaming. And Christopher Nolan's a big screen guy. He believes in the big screen. Not he's an artist. You know, movies were made for entertainment. That's why they were created for the big screen uh, about the time of the Depression. That's not a debatable fact. However, artists, their creative juices. So he kind of didn't like that. He went to Universal. They were doing Oppenheimer. They scheduled the release date. Uh, some believe that uh, Warner Brothers came back and scheduled Barbie to compete with him. Uh, so. The studio execs thought a rivalry could happen or this or that, but it kind of, this, this Barbenheimer happened and uh, both casts encouraged to see both movies. Uh, and I found that perplexing because I'm like, these, I thought I wanted to watch a movie about Barbie. And, and, and Barbie was woke and so was Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer being a naturally woke movie because at the end of the day, we humans need to always ask the question about death and carnage and what we can wreak as, as, as nations and individuals, in this case, creating it. Barbie, to give you an example of Barbie's wokeness, she was whining and complaining. The movie said in today's present day and age about uh, the boardrooms being all white and all male, and that ended 20 years ago. So it's your typical Hollywood uh, uh, trash in that sense. But uh, uh, in terms of the rivalry, Tom Cruise purchased both tic tickets to go see both movies and told him to go see them along with Mission Impossible. Sadly, not enough people saw Mission Impossible. It's a dead reckoning. It didn't do well. Uh, and then Hollywood, always wanting to create these false narratives, said that that you're, they may be opposites, but they have a lot of similarities in terms of free will and responsibilities and how we need to strive as humans uh, for good. You know, every third movie, that's what it's about. So, so it was just uh, trying to create some kind of narrative that never picked up. Uh, but there, what is also not debatable is it. it to the audience, there's a term called counter-programming, and this is what this movie was. Oppenheimer was slated for release, a heavy movie about the uh, creating the first nuclear bomb, and 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 his statement, I have brought death, or death in Congress, something that you know what I'm talking about. It was a statement that's famous that he made, uh, uh, signaling that the bomb is death incarnate. And, and, and from there, they decided, well, we're gonna do some counter-programming. We're gonna release it on the same date, and try to stifle some of his uh, uh, people who go see it. And what happened, Sean, was the exact opposite. People who couldn't, Barbie was a more successful movie. Uh, and, and we're talking uh, uh, billions here, a couple billion more successful. But when a movie's 
uh, uh, like Oppenheimer tops out worldwide at 900 million. That's, you know, you're talking, okay, so you guys had 1.1 billion uh, or, uh, 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 or 2 billion uh, 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 in revenue. We had, uh, uh, you know, you beat us, but we did well too. And uh, so the counter programming was, you could either go see one or the other, but Barbie people who were sold out, the Barbie movie was sold out, were watching Oppenheimer. So Barbie, in essence, also helped helped with that. Uh, uh, my take, first of all, is, are, uh, uh, what are your thoughts of two movies, before we talk about the box office receipts, of these two opposite movies becoming blockbuster when Hollywood can't buy a winner at all, and... What did you think of the uh, 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 rivalry that really didn't become a rivalry? But hey, let's go see two two movies. What do you think about that marketing aspect? Well, first of all, what about your your the first question? Uh, well, the the two the thing I, I'm I'm having hard time figuring out here is I I know what Hollywood's going to do. They're going to we're probably going to be uh, bombarded with Barbie sequels and Oppenheimer type sequels because once they have a hit, they try to uh, drain all they can from a good idea instead of just like moving on. So I'm sure, I don't know how you can do an Oppenheimer sequel, but I'm sure we're about to get bombarded with Barbie sequel or two at a minimum. Um, I, you know, it's probably why I'm not in Hollywood. I don't understand how these two movies were big hits at the same time. Um, and generally why they were such big hits, you know, blowing away, you know, so many other movies, but maybe it's people were just starving for a movie that was just generally, you know, the Barbie bring them back to their childhood. Well, you know, Christopher Nolan threw a lot of sex and the movie wasn't very realistic in many ways. So uh, it was jacked up with a lot of uh, your, your, your water cooler talk, but, but I'm with you. I can see Barbie being the massive hit because at the end of the day, Sean, uh, uh, let's backtrack to your girl 10 years ago. She would have been every day pestering you probably to go see that movie. You can sit, you can sit there. You can't sit there and deny your little girl to go see the idol, the, the toy she's holding in her hand. And that's a worldwide uh, phenomenon in terms of Barbie. Uh, so I saw that Oppenheimer, I was a little shocked. I'm like, you know, he, he was part of the team, maybe the main team, but there was a whole team that helped create that with many layers. And it was about Hollywood pushing the message. And in this, in this sense, they were successful, successful with that. Uh, you know, because it, take it a step further, uh, people to this day still talk about a debate whether we should have dropped the atom bomb. And there's only been three added, uh, two bombs dropped. You know, uh, 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 so it, it's a heavy topic, heavy subject. You throw a lot of sex in there and uh, magic just happens. So, and again, it's a counter programming as to why they both could be successful. But I also think that the movie was tailored more to, uh, uh, Barbie was tailored more to the kids in the sense of the coloring, the, the sets, the costuming. And that overshadows uh, some of the woke messaging. And Oppenheimer, regardless of the woke messaging you want to push through that, it was still a solid story uh, because it is fascinating. Uh, his statement, his quote that he made, makes that whole story, that whole saga fascinating. Uh, so I think that's why. Uh, now, the box office, getting back to what you said, the budget for Barbie was $145 million. So that means it needed to earn $435 million just to break even. It ended up uh, 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 uh. yeah, $435 I'm looking at my notes and I got, whoa. Uh, so it made $1.4 worldwide and took home a profit of, uh, of about a billion dollars. Now these are approximate numbers because the formula used, it could be uh, 2.6 to 3.0 in terms of figuring out how much it costs a studio uh, to take the movie worldwide. So, so there's a formula that you use. You take the cost of the movie and you times it from anywhere from 2.6 to 3.0 to find your, 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 your uh, numbers that you have to hit. But that profit margin, we're talking a billion dollars, uh, Sean. That's profit. I mean, that's 
that's there's only a handful of films that have done that. So while it may be nowhere near the top grossing, I mean it's near it, but it'll never be seen as like the top grossing movie. This or that billion dollar profit, you know. And Sean, to your point, I think uh, this movie falls under the genre of movies where they built it around the biography and the event of an individual. Like right now, there's that that one guy who's that actor, the blonde hair actor from uh, 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 that Vegas movie where they're drinking hard something. Uh, 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 Bradley Cooper, the Hangover, the Hangover. Oh, Hangover. Yeah, so he's doing the movie, a biographical pick. So I think what you're going to see is more of that crap coming out. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in terms of, uh, but with Barbie, I think you're right. You're going to see Barbie this, Barbie that, Barbie everything. And they did the tie-ins, Sean, with promotions tying the companies into the Barbie franchise. They took a more traditional approach. But because Barbie's an actual merchandise product you can buy, it kind of worked, keeping the Barbie name. Whether you go to Taco Bell or wherever they have these deals, these girls are going to see it, and Barbie sales are going to skyrocket. Now, as far as Oppenheimer, their budget was less. Sean, it was about $100 million. Worldwide, it made $947 million. So it had a profit margin of about $650 million. So Barbie had a profit margin of about a billion uh, Oppenheimer of about 650 million. Uh, so, and Barbie had a 45 million dollar budget that was, you know, higher budget. So Barbie was the clear cut winner. But to your point, Oppenheimer was a massive hit. And it, to me, it's just a cultural phenomenon. Lightning in the bottle. I mean, can you think of anything that would, I mean, you already answered it kind of, but as I've been talking, is there anything in your mind that you think well, maybe this made Oppenheimer a hit because I can't think of anything, you know, that would spur that movie to the numbers it did. No, I, I don't. It's like uh, years ago. What was that horror movie that was pretty much made for like no money at all where they had the, uh, the Blair Witch Project? Was that what it was called? Yeah. Where they it followed kids like, with a camera looking for the yeah, witch. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I watched that movie and I was like, OK, well, you know, it's sort of entertaining, but it. it I'm still perplexed on how it made so much money and oh, why it was, was so popular. That was an easy one because it was one of the first few where they did the movie from just like you and I having our little camp at a family event or camping trip and filming. It was one of the first movies they did it completely that way. Because remember, that opened – and there's a term for that. I forget the term uh, 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 where – the whole movie's done kind of like with the guy filming it out of his hand. I forget what there's a term for that, but I think that's why that one, but even then that that's a guess there's, there's uh, I mean, star Wars, you can figure it out, you know, jaws, you can figure it out. Uh, ET, you can figure it out. A uh, spider. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find a movie that I can't figure out why it was uh, the blockbuster hit it was, but then again, nobody saw the fast and the furious spawning 10 movies. Yeah. Is that Nobody what it's at? Ten? Yeah, I think smoke. so. And and a couple of I stopped watching after four. Yeah. But anyway, both films did get a critical acclaim. Obviously exceeded box office expectations. Uh it extended the award season. I, I, I we don't need to discuss it, but just to let you know, at the Golden Globes, uh uh Barbie nine nomination, Oppenheimer eight. At the Critics' Choice Award, Barbie shattered the record 18 nominations. Oppenheimer had the second most with 13 tied for another movie. Uh, so so it did what nobody saw coming. Any final words on this? And I do view this as one of the top stories of 2023 just because of how bad Hollywood has been performing and these movies blowing everything out of the water. Any final takes on this? Well, they're lucky they had these two hits because they had a lot of bombs to make up for financially. Oh, my God. Warner Brothers alone with their superhero genre. <laughs> this probably saved Warner Brothers because they're hurting. Uh, uh, you know, and we're going to talk about it with a different segment. But studios are now writing movies off and not showing them to the public after they've been done. And some of them even had a release date. Like Batgirl or Batwoman, I forget which one. Yeah, but, is that Warner Brothers? They made the whole. Yeah, that's Bat Warner Brothers. And they canned it, it's, so it's never going to see the light of day. Right, Disney's done that to some of theirs. Paramount Plus has, and it's because of the tax write-off. And I did haven't looked it up, but I assume one of the rules for that tax write-off means that this movie can't be distributed anywhere. And I say distributed because that means it's going to wind up in places you can watch it. And I think there's some kind of 
law reg or a clause in there that allows them to take a big tax loss. So yeah, uh, well-deserved and, uh, uh, you know, God bless those actors, actresses, you know, hopefully they can make enough money. So when uh, there's another SAG after strike, they can do what they should be doing and uh, helping those fools out. But let's move on to Cardi B. And uh, I love Cardi B. Uh, uh, and Sean's going to talk about Cardi B <laughs> having what Charlemagne the God would would call her in moment, you know, and that's realizing the cost of the world and speaking openly about it to the chagrin of the Democratic plantation masters. Talk to me, Sean. You you love Cardi B, really? No, I love <laughs> the fact that she voiced her true feelings about how the government treats us as people. As far as Cardi B, honestly, I'll be honest, she's, you know, if you're a guy on a, in the Navy on a six-month cruise and you want to close your eyes, put some Cardi B music on, she has your fantasy laid out already because her songs are brutally uh, uh, dirty, you know, in, in terms of what she talks about and sings about. So it's not that I'm not a fan, it's just I, she's not my generation, I don't care for her, but God bless her for having cojones bigger than most Republican uh, uh, politicians and speaking her mind. Now, uh, uh, tell us all about what I'm talking about. So you're not one of her 169 million followers on Instagram, is what you're saying? No, no, no. But if she wants to share some sugar with me, give me a call, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I before I get to her, did you know her, her stage name, Cardi B, came from a derivation of Bacardi rum? So that's where she... You know, that got, makes sense. But it also explains her music and, and her mentality and, and you know, and, and what she's about. It's not good or bad people. Every rocker uh, has had... That's how they come up. This was her, her way. Well... That was entertaining to me, but also that her younger sister's name is Hennessy. <laughs> Hold on. Is Hennessy a stage name or her real name? That's her real, her real name. <laughs> Cardi B and Hennessy coming to town near you. <laughs> All right. So anyways, she's uh, ranked as uh, – since we're going to – well, I'll get to that here in a second. Let's talk about her little rant on uh, Biden and – the, the spending of money that was taking place on uh, in the U.S. She was upset. She posted a video complaining about she she's in complaining mainly about New York that uh, they're cutting. Uh, I want to say it was a hundred million or something that she was complaining about to sanitation to libraries. That's right. That's right. And and yeah. she even mentioned the police. <laughs> she goes, I'm no fan of the police, but they're cutting the police too. Crime's gonna go up. You know. It's it's out of control and and Biden's saying we can fight two wars we don't have money for that and she's going great <laughs> and it's just hilarious because she ends up at the end you know she's saying we're going to be swimming in rats here in New York because you know get rid of sanitation and stuff and after she ends it pretty much by saying she's never going to endorse another president again because of you know she endorses you know ends up uh, supporting Biden and you know, what's happening now, all this. She wants an accounting of the tax money. Where is it going? And uh, it was very entertaining to watch her go off on stuff that, you know, I'm like, this is what you voted for, though. This is who you supported. Uh, you supported people. I mean, in the 2016 and 20 election, she was a uh, she encouraged people to vote for Bernie Sanders. So when she's complaining about, you know, the way things are, I'm, you know, you can't tell her this because, well, I don't think she's going to figure it out. But this is what you voted for. And, you know, she even had a sit down with Biden after he was elected about racial inequality, free college, free health care, free this, free that. And yet, you know, she's complaining that now they don't have money for, you know, the libraries or cleaning up the rats. And Sean, she was doing this because she's from a poor family, a poor upbringing. Uh, I get like this when it comes to my relatives in Panama. Not my relatives so much in Puerto Rico. They've got a lot of uh, 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 advantages that, that my Panamanian relatives in that don't have. And yeah, I see their oppressed government, the dictators before uh, they overthrew Noriega, and even to this day. And the reason she was doing it, she's like, look, this doesn't bother me. 
but I got friends and relatives who are working class. And that struck me because I always tell people this, you know, <clears throat> never forget the people going as you go up the ladder or where you're from. Because eventually you're going to come down. Somebody like Cardi B will never come down financially, but she'll become just a no-name person like every rock star becomes when they get older. And uh, uh, and But most of these rockers, actors, wealthy people, businessmen, they forget where they came from and they forget who helped them along the way. And that's, believe it or not, as corny as it sounds, that's what struck me. She knows there are people less fortunate than her. And that's what pisses her off. You know? Uh, and the truth of the matter is, Sean, you can fund the police. All you're doing is put as a cop. Am I wrong? I don't think so. But I said, when you defund the police, what you're doing is the funding help to lower income areas, not to mention bringing the morale of whatever city you're in of their police to the point uh, 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 when the politicians are blaming everything on the police. It, it, it's like a chain reaction. And I think the end result is that cop you know, driving his car around, here's a call come in, they're going to take their time. Because one, they don't want to get blamed. They don't have uh, the necessary tools every time to make that call. And three, when they go to the call, those people may hate them already. So it's like a lose, lose, lose. So using the police as an example, it's not just the money that's being cut, but everything along with it. With the education, you're cutting uh, uh, books. You have to use a, books a few years longer. And as we know, in today's day and age, they get outdated, you know? So her bringing all this stuff up is good, but we already know the problems. So what's better for us as a culture and Cardi B herself is for her to overcome her ignorance. I have a definition. There is dumb and stupid. Dumb is you just don't know and you're ignorant. Stupid is you know and you keep doing. She's gone from ignorant to knowledgeable. So what she does moving forward will dictate a lot about the person she is. Now, sadly, she's so wealthy, so rich, that she can just take care of her family and screw the rest of the world. But I'm hoping in a few more years she matures and becomes a voice. Because for us to get out of this tribalism, we need strong, successful Black, Latino, Asian, whatever you want to call them, or whatever culture they're from, to help lead the way, not these politicians. So that's what I kind of got out of it. But you know, hey, you keep you New Yorkers. The more money that goes in Ukraine for you Black and Latinos, the less money that goes to help your children. California is the same boat. Uh, that's how I saw it. You're cracking up over there when you were telling the story. Did you get anything out of it as much as you get what you vote for, or do you see anything what I say with potential for maybe this is some growth or, or potential uh, leader down the road if she still chooses to take that path? To help her own people get out of the wilderness, the wilderness being getting off the Democratic plantation. Well, the the interesting part is she warned her fans against voting for Trump in uh, 2016 because of his immigration policies, which is hilarious because the reason New York is having this massive deficit, according to their mayor, Adams, is housing all these immigrants that are getting shipped to New York. So, right. you know, once again, you're complaining about the problem and you don't like, you know, what's happening, but you continue, but they're not, they're not enlightened enough. And I'm not saying her, but generally people in general are not enlightened enough to see the cause and effect. So they yell about Trump's immigration policy. But then when all the immigrants come to the New York and now she can't get her sanitation and she's going to be swimming in rats. It's like, okay, are you going to realize maybe for the next election, okay, maybe we, we do need to close down the border because I don't want to be swimming in rats. I mean, she, I saw, I don't know when it was, she did have another uh, rant on, I think, yeah, from Instagram yeah. where she complained about how much her taxes she was paying. And she is saying, like, you know, she, in essence, she's paying a hundred grand, you know, a month to look the way she looks. Like, I got nails to do. I got hair to do. I got this. I got this. And yet they're taking, you know, like 40% of my income or 50% of my income. And, and, and I got bills to pay. You know, I got my nails. I got this. And I'm going, well, you see there's a problem, but she's not putting two and two together. And unfortunately, I'm sure most of her 169 million followers on Instagram are not going to put two and two together to say, hey, we give you free health care. We give you free this. We give you free that. Where you're going to get taxed at 50% because of that. So yeah, yeah. it's good and she's putting it. 
maybe Go she'll ahead. wake up, you know, maybe six of those 169 million followers, which, hey, some is better than none, but uh, I don't hold out much hope that she's going to, you know, turn it around for herself and most of her followers. So look, uh, for the audience out there, we've been talking about this. We're talking about Cardi B, her followers, so most people are going to assume we're talking about uh, the black culture. No, we're not. We're talking about the overall ignorance of Americans today because of the terrible public school. You know, I, if I remember correctly, Cardi B is in, it, it, uh, she she was born and raised up an island in the Caribbean. I can't I get her and uh, who's the other one uh, uh, mixed up. I view them well, as pairs because they're so successful. But I get uh, her. She went to school in the Bronx, I believe, because she donated, which I'll give her credit for. Yeah, 2022, she donated 100K to the elementary school she attended in the Bronx. So she at least started elementary. She did elementary school. And then I think, I don't know how high school went. If that when she got thrown out of her house and, you know, then became, then went on to the stripping and all that good stuff. But, right, so right. She yeah, got, so it, it, it's the other one, Sean, that, and she's kind of a, uh, well, her uh, parents, her parents, I, yeah, I think her parents are from where you're thinking of. She was born and raised in New York City, but I think her parents were from uh, – her father is Dominican and her mother is Trinidadian. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so she is yeah. who I'm thinking of. And uh, yeah. so she – so when you have immigrant parents like that, you understand the value of money uh, in, in terms of what it can be used for, what it, it doesn't. Uh, what you should or shouldn't use it for. But what I was saying is this this ignorance from Cardi B is planned by the powers that be in authority. Just 10, 15 years ago, and this is probably Cardi B's time about when she was in school, Los Angeles County had black, young black men graduating barely at an eighth grade level. In Atlanta, young black kids were, were being passed despite the fact they were failing because the teachers got caught in the scandal uh, because they were incentivized. You know, you pass so many, you get this much bonus. The teachers union does not teach history anymore. Uh, they've also changed the definition of words for political expediency that favors progressivism, leftism. Uh, we're no longer uh, uh, taught civics. Sean, our parents, well, not my parents, they weren't here, but your parents, they had to graduate a civics course and pass a civics test, you know, before they could get out of high school. None of that's being taught, you know. And even during our generation, they weren't teaching us how to balance a checkbook, you know. And I still have a checkbook. We still pay with checks, so they still exist. But the point being, it matters that matter to the human being with life, how it works, the economy. They purposely keep us dumb. So when I see somebody like Cardi B, I don't be all oh, you're dumb, Cardi B. No. You're a product of our education system that purposely keeps you dumb. We're no longer teaching the ability to critically think, uh, and that's become lost. And when you know to critically think, your first question is, well, why? Why are we doing that? Not because you're being a jerk. It's because you want to know the process that's taking your money. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I have to say about that. But, you know, God bless Cardi B. Hopefully she can keep growing uh, and, and, and become a voice. Because, Sean, you can only crap on people for so long. History has proven that. No government is absolute. Eventually, the people will rebel. And that's what I see in Cardi B also, the first seeds of rebellion. You know, Larry Elder, when he was on Charlemagne's show, and, 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 and Charlemagne brought up the you're in moment. Like, when did you get it? And Larry Elder turned it around and has castrated Charlemagne forever by suggesting you let a white guy come in here and own you when Biden came here and said what he said, you know? Uh, uh, so I'm, I think we're heading to that. I think Cardi B is a reflection, but it's just too slow for me. Uh, it's your topic, Sean. Are there any final words you want to inform the audience with? No, maybe I should follow her on Instagram, though, just so I don't miss any more rants. <laughs> and, and, and I forget, there's another singer, rapper, who's just as big as she is. And I'm just Nikki, to, not Nicki Minaj? That's it, Nicki Minaj. So when yeah, I think Cardi B, I think of Nicki. When I think of Nicki, I think of her. And don't they have a rivalry? Uh, yeah, I believe Cardi B threw a high heel at her at an award show or something. 
because they got in an argument over something on social media, I believe, and Cardi B threw a high heel at her. <laughs> there you go. That could be a whole other be... topic. Exactly. And we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Let's do a couple of quick hits uh, before we wrap the show up. Uh, uh, this is to the audience. This is part one of our year-end research. Sean and I picked the topics a couple of days ago, uh, but there was more research to do on it than we thought. And, and some of the topics were heavier and we didn't want to kill any topics. So we're going to have a second part to this show. Uh, but we do want to do a, a couple of a, a quick bits. And uh, one of those quick bits here, as I'm scrolling down, where are my quick bits? Is uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Let's go on to another singer. Uh, we just talked about her uh, with her relationship with, with Travis Kelsey and and, and uh, we like the nickname Trailer. I like it because it sounds very countryish. Trailer is that the trailer couple over there, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is about Taylor Swift herself, and uh, she's a megastar. Sean, are you aware her Eras tour is projected to make 2.2 billion? It started this year and it runs into next year, so uh, it could be the top story of next year too. But Sean. 2.2 billion. And for the audience out there, this is how seniors make their money. Correct, Sean? It's touring. It's not yeah, the well, record sales. It's not the VH appearances or whatever. It's their concerts. Uh, I, I, you were actually had an opportunity. You were offered a job in the industry of security that would have taken you into that world, wouldn't it? Well, there's always opportunities to to get into security. I don't know how uh, close you could get to a job with someone like that. Uh, you usually start on a lower tier, but. Uh... That's a big money though, isn't it? I mean, Sean, we're going to talk about it in a few moments, but honestly, that puts you on the level of the elite rock stars of the seventies who can still today sell out uh, uh, stadiums, not Coliseums. Most of these people tour in the 10, 12,000. The rockers of the 70s, uh, the legends could still sell out Coliseums. But that's where Taylor Swift's at. Her concert movie, The Eros Tour, is that how you say Eras? Eras. The Eras. I like Eros, like the Greek god hero. You know, uh, the Eras Tour movie, 160 million made. That had a 10 to $20 million budget. I mean, do you think Hollywood is salivating at the fact that a 10 to $12 million movie has made 160 million? Kind of reminds me of Freedom, low budget, low cost movies, making big money. Uh, uh, and obviously her romance with tight end Travis Kelsey. Uh, and that's brought her nothing, but a little bit of, of fame in the, foot, in, the, in, in, in the football world, but it's made Travis Kelsey and his brother and the NFL more prominent and noticeable. Any comments on the movie or the tour or, 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 or Travis Kelsey? I mean, isn't that a bit like a dreamland for any human being to be going through? Just those three alone? Well, it seems to, it hasn't died down yet. I, I see they keep posting her when I look at, check sports scores that uh, ESPN or whatever sports thing I'm on is still posting pictures that she's at this game and she's by this parent, you know. And, I thought it would what go away, but it, but it has not. It's I guess it's still big news if she goes to his football games. You know what? And it doesn't bother me, but I'm at a point I'm like, really, guys? Yeah. I mean, it's gonna get to the point where it's gonna be a touchdown catch and an overtime does unbelievable, and they're going to be at they they they, they cut the Taylor Swift and we miss the play. Yeah, that's how bad it's getting. Uh, you know, she was also made a temporary mayor. At, down in Tampa, Florida, and she's been given the keys to various cities, uh, and, and, and star players get that, and usually actors and actresses from their hometown. She's getting the, the places she's just touring at. She had a city renamed after her, Sean, Glendale, Arizona, and that's a famous, that's a big city, you know? Now, let, let me pull it back a bit. It was only for two days they named it, and I guess because her tour was stopping there or something to that effect, and they named it to Swift City. You know, Sean, I got to be honest, you know, uh, when I think of Swift and I just see the term Swift, I think of Swiffer. If I'm Swiffer, I'm going out to get, <laughs> get a sponsorship deal. Awards. iHeartRadio Innovator Award. She hasn't really innovated anything, but what she has done is taken her wares and maximized its, its value. You know, the movie, 
you know, the, the whole concert series. Uh, uh, she went from country to uh, pop, you know, so she's maximized who she is. Multiple Grammys, nine awards at this past uh, MTV Video Music Awards, Video of the Year. Hey, have you seen that video all too well? Video of the Year, baby. I have. I must have missed it. <laughs> I know. Ten awards at Billboard's Music Awards, Global Artist of the Year by Spotify. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Uh, the numbers just came out for some industry and how much they were worth. And I was looking it up, but I couldn't. And they were, and, and then they compared it to Forbes. So the person was worth like 200, 300 million. Forbes had him listed at like 800 million, 1.2 billion. I mean, the numbers were just astronomically off by Forbes. And reports disproving Forbes and how they figure net value. So Forbes has a worth at 1.1 billion. And as stated, they've been massively wrong before. Others state her, her she's worth about 280 million. I'm the type of guy that's cut it in the middle. She's probably worth 600 some odd million, 700 some odd million. You know, Forbes is always wrong, uh, uh, but she's probably worth more than the outdated reports from a couple of years ago. That's wealth. No, that's being rich. So I wouldn't call 280 million wealthy, but once you get to that one billion, you're wealthy because you can buy a damn NFL team uh, or be part of one or two owners. When you can go buy franchises. You're talking wealthy. Chris Rock said it best. He goes, Shaq, he's rich. The owner of the Lakers, Mr. Bus, he's wealthy. She's on her way to becoming wealthy. Uh, now, the two questions. Any take on what I've said since you last uh, spoke? And where does she rank amongst celebrities? Uh, uh, I'm mostly talking the, the rock and roll uh, industry or the music industry, but in essence, you could talk about it from celebrities. You know, any any comments on what I've said, and then what's your take on where she ranks? Well, for 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 music, she's got to be the top female female right now. If she's selling out stadiums like this, and the numbers aren't lying, um, there's you brought up Country Boy. I got to you know shout out to Morgan Wallen. He's another one who's selling out stadiums. So he's the the male the male version, in my opinion, whose uh, concerts are are out of control too in terms of uh, sales and ticket prices. So, but Sean, let me interrupt uh, only because I want to make a point of what you just said. So you mentioned a name that's doing the same thing as Taylor Swift. But this is what I always tell people. I always use it with great and greatness. But this is a little different. But if you say the name Taylor Swift, literally most Americans will know who she is and not have heard a song or even know what she looks like. But the individual you mentioned, nobody's gonna know. So my daughter even knows my daughter even knows even knows Morgan. You can go to Panama, say ask, do you know who Taylor Swift is? Yes. You can sit there, do you know who Tom Cruise is? Yes. Do you know who Bruce Lee is? Yes. Certain individuals transcend that. You know, uh, that's my whole point. She has transcended that into a, 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 a tear unto itself. That I just want to point that out because what you said is true. God bless that guy. Honestly, God bless him and all the success he has, but he can't sniff Taylor Swift's uh, panties. <laughs> How many boys are, are right now? <laughs> Young 12 year olds. Uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's an important point to make about how she's transcended just, just the superstar status. You know, so so where does she rank in terms of those superstars? Because honestly, Sean, I view her more along the lines of Elvis, the Beatles, in today's generation. Fifty years from now, I think she may be forgotten just because we're so fragmented with our music taste in today's society. And Elvis, the Beatles, remember, you could only dial into three stations and they all played rhythm and blues, pop, classic. They all played the same thing. So 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 I don't think she'll ever be as big as those types of icons as time moves forward, but today I think she is. I mean, and, and, and disagree with me, because you, you obviously had disagreements when I sat there and said she's much bigger than the guy you mentioned. And the reason well, I'm saying she, I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying uh, she's not bigger than him, but I'm saying, you know, there there is other people who are starting to sell out stadiums that are, you know, getting in the same ballpark. Uh, she probably just has um, the bigger reach in terms of, you know, other countries at this point. Yeah, she's transcended. Like and she's forget. been and she's and she's been around longer. Yes, she is 33 years old. That's the other thing. When I think of Taylor Swift uh, as a man, because I'm older now 
married, settled down. And what happens, people, when that part of your life begins, you kind of forget the stuff you grew up with, not the stuff you grew up with, but what's happening for kids of that age. So when I, I, I don't know Taylor Swift's music well at all. I don't know Lady Gaga's music, but I, there's always a couple of songs I like out of those type of individuals. The only negative I have to say about Taylor Swift before uh, we close out is before she actually made that switch and moved everything over to New York and went from country to pop, she was starting to make conservative comments and they slapped her down and she backed off. So I, I, I've lost, I, I've had, never had respect for her since then, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't, nobody cares, but another voice that could do a lot to better this country. But at the end of the day, she's doing nothing to better it. And that's cool. You know, that's not her job, but I wish she hadn't backed down and had stuck to her comments and been true to who she is, uh, 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 who she is herself versus cowering, you know, so that's the only complaint I have. But outside of that, I don't care. God bless her. Make all your money along with Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, you know, and everybody else out there. I well, believe the last word, sir. Well, I had to do a quick look up since you're saying she's the top. I was like, well, let's see how many followers they got on Instagram. There is three female technically singers that are have more followers than Taylor Swift. She has 279 million followers. Uh, and I believe it's Instagram that they're going by here. Ahead of her, Beyonce, 319. She's a billionaire. Also, she's she's done just as well, if not better, than Taylor. So I Air, view Beyonce along her class. And two two that I two that I'm uh, one I'm not surprised with. Ariana Grande has 380 million followers. I I figured she was pretty big because her I know her concerts is sold out. But the one that shocked me that's ahead of all of them, 429 million followers is Selena Gomez. Do you even know who that is? That makes is? sense. <laughs> Selena Gomez is a child star. It's like Justin Bieber. These were child stars that made it big as adults. So it, it makes sense. Uh, uh, and, and, and for the record, for the audience out there, Beyonce is a, a top 2023 story in terms of what she's done. She's right up there with Taylor Swift. I'm not saying Taylor Swift is the only one. I'm just saying she's in the 1% of the elites of the elites is what I'm saying. Yes. And as far as, as, as total... Uh, 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 she has more than 518 million followers on her social media platforms. You focus on, on IG. When I do the research like this, I tend to how many total five. She has almost. She has uh, 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 America entirely, and then two thirds of America added to it in terms of followers. We are a population of 350 million, 520 million. Uh, uh, followers. So yeah, yeah, she's in, 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 in a uh, stratosphere uh, uh, with just a few select others. Any final comments on that amount of social media followers? Nope. I will leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> and to the audience, uh, uh, I've known Shaw for years, but we just started working together in this sense. But I did notice you tend to have a love for Instagram and you don't mention any of the others. Is that your favorite social media platform? No, when you type in most follow the, you know, usually when you type it in, Instagram is the one that has the most, for for most people, that seems to be their their most drawn social media. It's, it's not X slash Twitter. It's not YouTube. Um, what else? Facebook. Yeah, that's sort of gone out. As of right now, for popularity for celebrities, it's usually their Instagram account is their biggest account. Right, right. I've actually done research in this part of the business here, and uh, uh, it is the number one uh, 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 outlet for celebrities and artists. Why? Because it's a perfect medium. The short videos, all the photos and images, and in essence, just replace Cosmopolitan, Variety, uh, The Hollywood Reporter, those type of magazines, the People magazine, because they now put it out themselves. So, so I buy that, and uh, 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 you're absolutely correct. Uh, so, Sean, any final words for the audience before we uh, end today's episode? If you get some Taylor Swift concert tickets, if you could uh, give them to me, because I know my daughter would like to attend, or Morgan Wallen. So those are her two favorites. So that's why I brought Morgan Wallen up. But if you get tickets to those so I don't have to pay $500, uh, send it to the Red, Red, Red White, and Rue podcast, please. Dear God, you know what music group I was just reading up on yesterday? I don't know how it came across my browser. 
Loverboy. Remember that group Loverboy from the 80s and 90s? I couldn't name a song <laughs> by them, but, you know, I know, I I know the name. And I saw them in concert, but I was in this see Van Halen. I also did go to the, the big concert tour where I saw Dawkins, Black Sabbath. Uh, 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 who's the one with Angus something uh, uh, that has all those great songs you hear in movies? Are you and talking AC? One heart. ACDC? Yeah, ACDC. I saw them all, but I have, and despite that, I have a little shame in saying I saw uh, Love Boy <laughs> and People. So a little preview. Uh, we will be talking about the SAG after strike. That was a big topic. We're going to be talking. It originally was why the Marvel Universe uh, may be dying, but but I kind of exploited it out a little bit to why the superhero movie genre uh, is dying. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, we're talking about Ocean Gate. That was a big story, Sean, uh, with the submersible uh, that went down uh, with the Titanic. Uh, you know, so we still have some great topics in there. Uh, and it's a great show. Great Sean, I'm glad we're doing this show. I think it's, uh, we started out uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and uh, we're still feeling our way through everything. But I think we're coming along uh, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that we got an entertainment podcast going. That was one of my personal goals. And for the audience out there, I've been chasing Sean, I don't know why, to do a podcast. So it's pretty cool to be doing a podcast uh, uh, with somebody I don't know closely, even though I've known him for 10 years. We saw each other for once a week, uh, at least six, eight times a year. Uh, 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 I mean, months a year. So it's kind of like, I know you, but I don't know you. So this show helps with that. Uh, and with that, people, do not forget, you can catch a Red, White, and Rude podcast on Grumblings Media, episode six, and our previous episodes are still current because they're pop, they're cultural topics, pop uh, entertainment topics. Uh, you can catch those there. You can also see us on Rumble and YouTube under the profile, Grumblings Media, as well as the traditional podcast outlets of Spotify, Pandora, Apple, and Google. As always, we grow when you share our, our shows, when you share our clips or our clips out there. And don't forget to follow while you're at it. And with that, we hope you had a Merry Christmas. Be safe with the New Year's Eve coming up. And Sean, I'm going to wish my wife a early, ha uh, 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 early, early happy anniversary because New Year's Eve is both our wedding and her birthday. So we got a lot rolled up into this week. Uh, and with that, everybody, on behalf of Sean, Red, White, and Rude, we wish you adieu.